ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, good night, last call for the Rank Squad, and let the story begin. This is BR Football Ranks, live at you from the great American Midwest, home of the fire, home of the Red Stars, home of the Cubs, Bears, Bulls, and the White Sox, home of Kanye West. If you don't know by now, I'm talking about Chi-Town. We are officially on the road, living the good life, chasing football around America. It feels like NY, summertime shy, where everybody got the game figured out all wrong. But we're here, we major, we're so appalled. And with the power to harness that school spirit, we can make it better. 24-7, 365, football stays on our mind. So I got two words for you football ranks we're going through the wire for you so whether you're listening as part of a new workout plan to avoid bad news or to pin the blame game on our hot takes we're here under all of the lights to guide this soundbite spaceship to the glory of being your favorite pod stadium status currently in the bowels of SeatGeek stadium and say you will stay with us don't be heartless and run away can't promise no mistakes but we'll try and touch the sky with stronger analysis get lost in the world of football and dance with the devil in the new dress one in a chicago fire shirt more on that later. My name is Jack Collins and I will be your host in this soccer celebration. This is my part. Nobody else speak. I'm just having fun with it. I'm in it. I love it. Nothing going to bring me down today. With me are two real friends who you all know well. Firstly, out here living a hell of a life. The big brother of this family business. Everybody's dark fantasy. It's the amazing Dean Jones. Hello, mate. And the ranking champion and idol in my eyes. Rank God of the game who has already spent 30 hours on this trip discussing tactical possibilities. Fact. I wonder if there's anyone who watches more of the highlights or the lowlights of football making waves as ever. It's Sam Tai. Hello, Jack. Lovely stuff, this. <sighs> oh, really good. That was, you, mate. that was breathless. So you... <laughs> 51. 51. 51 references. 51. That one wasn't even planned. No. It's time for hot takes. Dean, do you want to get us started? That was impressive with jet lag, mate. Yeah, so we normally have hot takes. We're going to call it fire takes this time around because nice. we are <laughs> at the home of Chicago Fire. And seeing as we are in the land of MLS, I think it's time to address what is going on at LAFC because this team are pretty amazing. They are on course to set records all over the place uh, this season. Points tally, goals scored, goal differentials, whatever you like, they're probably going to set a new record because they are so good. And my hot take is that they have been so impressive in every area of their play this season. I think they could be the first MLS team that would legitimately compete in Premier League football. (sighs) Survive, you mean? I assume not like top six. Yeah, I'm not saying (laughs) they'll go and win it, but... It sounds weird, but I think it's significant. I don't think there's been a team before now, and there have been some good teams, but I don't think there's been a team on this level, technically, tactically, that could actually go into the Premier League and have a chance of surviving. Yeah, Atlanta United last year, maybe? Possibly, yeah, maybe Toronto before that. I don't think Toronto. I'm with you on that. I went to see, well, ha! Look at me, the fountain of knowledge. I went to see one of their games live, <laughs> and I've decided that that wouldn't work. Now, I think defensively they were too fragile. They, they, they survived on three individuals, but the thing with LAFC is they're not three individuals. They've got Carlos Vela, but the team, the system, the, the, the style of play is blowing up. It's the style, isn't away. it? I think it's the kind, yeah. of, the, the kind of pressing and the dyn- dynamism, I guess, of totally, that Totally, yeah. Side. I mean, Vela's obviously the, the game changer. He makes the difference and he's sensational. He'll probably set a record himself this season for goals scored. But yeah, it's the way they keep possession. It's the way they press. But yet they do all that good technical stuff and they still entertain. Like Bob Bradley had a really hard time of it in England and he left as basically a joke figure. He did, yeah. And he's gone into LAFC and he's kind of revolutionised yeah. uh, American soccer. He's 
America's answer to Pep Guardiola right now the, with what he's doing. That's like, a big call. They're both bold. Kind of they're both bold. So it is. They are both bold, <laughs> and it's a bold prediction. Hey. But I, I do think that LAFC are becoming that good that you can compare them to an American version of Man City. Look, this week uh, it's rivalry week. They're playing LA Galaxy. Um, that's a huge fixture. Uh, Galaxy are going to look to try and bring them back down to earth, but. The way LAFC have been playing, the way they've been bouncing back when they do suffer a defeat, um, the way they have lived up to expectations and pressure from what I've seen, I just think they've got all the answers. I'm just really impressed by them. Obviously, last year, that rivalry game gave us these Latin goal from so far out, which was which won maybe more fireworks this weekend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Friday is the big game, and um, I think that, uh, I mean, obviously, Ibra has the potential to change this game himself, but... Look, I just see LAFC as the dominant team right now. And the good thing about this that I want to make clear is that this isn't just like, oh, aren't LAFC great? What's good about it is that it's making the entire league better. And at a time when people keep questioning how good MLS is and stuff, I think we genuinely are getting to a time when if they've got a team that I think is good enough to compete in the Premier League, it means every other team is going to have to raise their Step levels. Their game, yeah. And it means that the league's just going to get better and better. I just like to say I'm very happy for Bob Bradley because the chiropractor I had last year was from Swansea and she called him... Brad Bobley, as a, as, as he was, she was mocking him, and she said everyone in Swansea calls him Brad Bobley. Yep. That's how far he's come. He's got his name back. He's Bob Bradley again. He's got his name back. Unbelievable stuff. All right. On what could you want? What, Redemption what you story. Want? On that note, Sam, what is your hot take? Right, my fire take is a little bit more serious than just someone getting their name back. Um, Barca, their summer business this summer, uh, and in particular, Frankie de Jong and Antoine Griezmann. Yeah. These acquisitions and the way they are moving this summer, I think, is going to have a knock-on effect that Barca fans have been dreading for some time. And I think it's going to wean the team off Sergio Busquets. And honestly, I think it's the right thing to do. This is like blasphemous like for for Barca fans because he is their hero. But I think it is time they produced a plan B and were able to negotiate games and control games without Busquets because the last season we just saw like undeniably his level has dropped now he's still amazing yeah no and I don't want to confuse this with Busquets slander because he's one of the greatest midfielders to ever ever lace their boots but after 11 years at the very top level and this guy's put together like 600 appearances at the top level over 500 for Barca more than 100 cats for Spain look sometimes the tread on the tyres it just starts to show and last season that happened it's a lovely phrasing to be fair <laughs> I really really enjoyed that it just, it just happened and particularly in the big game in the Champions League obviously they failed again um, it's at those times that you would ask someone like Busquets to step up and start controlling they've clearly realised this because not only have they brought his basically his heir in Frankie de Jong but I think with Griezmann they can now move into a 4-2-3-1 shape this is what I was going to ask you what, what do you see the shape being? I think Valverde loves a 4-2-3-1 he's played it at times this season and I guarantee you he will run this season with a two-man midfield of Arthur and then Frankie or Busquets and then he'll play Griezmann behind Suarez he'll play Messi on the right and he'll play Dembele or Coutinho or Malcolm if he's still there maybe Neymar on, or, or on the left-hand side he will try that and if it works he will try and stick with it because it's what he wants to do and this means they no longer have have a three-man midfield and also they're not as solely reliant on Busquets as, as the player to receive deep and start spreading play and he's not on his own out there because yes. he doesn't look as quick to the punch anymore actually he looks a little bit sloppy can you times. see can you see Messi moving inside 
Yeah, could also see that. That that could happen. Um, it, whether, whether that's in a four-two-three-one as as the number ten, and Griezmann ends up on the left, um, or if it's just a four-three-three and he just makes that long-awaited move to central midfield, maybe not that one. Maybe that doesn't happen quite so soon. But the ability to change formation and the acquisition of these two players, I think, means that Barca are now not only stronger on paper, but they can actually shift the emphasis and wean themselves off a player they've been so overly reliant on for so long. And it's a very very good thing. I know Barca fans aren't going to want to hear that because they idolise. Yeah, and that's and rightly so. That's yeah, fair, yeah. but it, it needs to you, change. At you've some got point, to yeah. start adapting sure. now, and that they're now in a position to do it. Frankie, but also Griezmann gives them this opportunity. Okay, all right, right. The last hot take or fire take came from the poll where we asked you to pick a USMNT player that wasn't Christian Pulisic for us to discuss. It was very tight, but ultimately Tim Weah just edged out Weston McKenney to win it. Poor, I think Ty- poor Tyler Adams in third. By poor the way. Tyler Adams. We'll, we'll talk about all of them a little bit, but in terms of we need to discuss where first because he won the poll. Uh, what it basically shows to me is that the US audience are desperate for some more attacking talent and for someone to take the weight off Pulisic's shoulders in terms of cre- creativity and potency. I know where isn't an out and out striker, but kind of feels like the US haven't have lacked genuine potency up top since the days of Donovan and Dempsey. Well, I like Altidore. He's up and down. He also hasn't been in the US MNT pitcher for a while. He, he played at the Gold Cup, but I think that was he'd been out of the pitcher beforehand. Yeah, but talking so, to players who are past their peak. <laughs> look, he's not, he's not the way... If, if, you, if the US are trying to gain relevancy ahead of the next World Cup and actually trying to make a splash, he's then obviously out, you need a better plan than Altidore up front, particularly since he's so injury-prone and he just gets older, obviously. He gets yeah. less reliable. Zardes isn't the answer either. Zardes isn't, just isn't that good. Um, he's being used at the moment because Berhalter is trying to implement the same system he used at Columbus Crew and he had Zardes at Columbus Crew so he's a helpful starting point but the team has to start evolving post-Gold Cup I think the team has to start utilising Tim Weir I actually think McKenney is an absolutely crucial piece here in the long term because He's just... I don't know... Is there anything he can't do in midfield? No, I, I don't he's think there really, is. He's, he's a really very, good. very interesting player. He's like very strong, sort of thunders around, very thick set, very, very powerful guy, but gets into the box and scores, tackles very well. I think you could ask him to go box to box. I think you could ask him to anchor it. I think you could ask him to play make. Does a job at right back. I think he could do all of it. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we were talking about him earlier on today, and he's only 20. Like, I feel like he's... I said 24, I think, when we were guessing. Like, I guess 22. We because 24. I couldn't believe that he could have gone over to Schalke at such a young age and then now made this yeah. impact. But he's well, 20. He tapped in the side at the Gold Cup. Everyone kind of forgets this. He's 20 years old. He's only made 14 senior appearances at that point. Yeah. And... Yeah. Yeah, he captained the team. That, that's someone it's insane. That you, and he, he lives up to on. expectation. You know, he's been a US player in kind of 17s, 19s, and 20s. Uh, now in the senior setup, so he's always continued to live live up to the hype. And now he's doing it with Schalke as well in Bundesliga. And look, they took they great scouting from them to, mm. to go to Dallas and, and recruit him and actually find a path for him into the first team. But they will not hold on to this player for much longer. And I think, as I suspect Sam does, that as an all-round player for US and MNT to kind of build around away from Pulisic, he's your man, if you like. What's I want really, to come back to Weyer. Yeah, what, what's really important here is he has a connection with Pulisic on the yeah, pitch. Yeah, like yeah. Any, any player that plays for the US, particularly midfield, needs to roll with Pulisic. And wh- whichever combination works best, do it. Well, if that three in the middle, well, let's just quickly talk about Tyler Adams, but I do want to come back to Weyer. Um, yeah, he's Tyler. obviously going to be the, the six. Well, Maybe. He seems to be the player that you would imagine to be the six. And if that midfield three is Adams in the six... 
you know, and, and McKenney in the eight and Pulisic in the ten, that's a talented midfield trio. That's a Champions League quality midfield trio, which is like something you can't, you've never really been able to say about the US. I wonder about Tyler Adams and whether or not he actually ends up playing right back for Berhalter because he uses inverted wing backs or inverted full backs and he asks his right back in particular to move inside as like Pep Guardiola does. And Tyler Adams, who can play right back and midfield, is like one of, I mean, the US are lucky they have a player that can actually fill in that role at Champions League level. So maybe short term, he ends up at right back but long term he, McKenney and Pulisic is brilliant yeah it's a good three it's a good three. to come it back to two way and to the kind of pole winner yeah. he's just moved to Lille obviously I think this is a really good bit of business and I think that Lille have got themselves a player yeah I think it hasn't. the last 12 months haven't really gone the way Tim Weyer will have absolutely wanted the way he wanted it <laughs> I was trying to avoid it um, <laughs> they, they've, they've not gone how he would have dreamed and imagined particularly given that at the start of last season he looked like the player that maybe could break out under Tuchel at PSG it ended up being Moussa Diaby instead who's also been moved on by the way PSG have made some smart signings this summer but they've let go two players who are homegrown who they really shouldn't have done so Lil Noah Talent their sporting director Lewis Campos absolutely brilliant at spotting talent and if he's paid 15 million euros for Weir that means he's worth way more and will be worth considerably more than that in two years time absolutely right well that is it for today's Fire Takes we will be back after the break with a very special Chicago guest, Bastian Schweinsteiger, to talk the fire, MLS, his career, Bavaria, and far, far more. Don't go ahead. Welcome back to BR Football Ranks, where we have a new and very, very special member of the rank squad, a genuine legend of the game, World Cup winner, Champions League winner, now here at Chicago Fire, Mr. Bastian Schweinsteiger. How are you, sir? Hey, how are you? Thanks. I'm fine. Glad to meet you finally. Yeah, of course. It's a, a genuine honour to, to have you on the show. What a career path by Munich, Manchester United, Chicago Fire, and now the rank squad. So it's uh, an important journey for you. Had you heard of the rank squad before now? <laughs> of course, of course. I heard about you guys. <laughs> That's why it took so long. You know, exactly. took... Making yourself all preened and ready for it. Yeah, exactly. um, It's been an amazing story. And but to end up at this city, at this club, after such a storied career, what's life like for you here in Chicago? Yeah, I must say, after uh, two and a half years, it's it's really uh, a nice city to live at, especially in the, from May on. Um, in March, April, it's a little bit cold, I must say, but it's a great city. And uh, for us, it's it's very easy also to live here. You know, you, not everybody recognizes you on the street, so it's a little bit easier for us to walk around as well. It's nice. Um, you've had a kind of genuine move through your career in terms of places and I know Sam wanted to ask about about positions yeah as well. so you swap cities but you've also swapped positions through your career as well not many people that start as a winger finish as a centre back so go, <laughs> go ahead and talk to me about that please because you're now playing as a sweeping playmaking libero style defender here Yes, I mean now it's a little bit different than uh, in the beginning when I was 18. You're not really the one who could choose where you want to play, you know. So that's why I started as a, as a winger at, at Munich uh, in 2002. Um, but now here it's completely different, you know. Like also it depends on the on the team, on the squad, which kind of players you have in your squad, uh, who is good in which positions. And now here it's it's the best f- for me to play as a as a centre back. And still, as a centre-back, you can um, play forward, you know. It's not only that you 
pass the ball to the midfield player and that's it you have to you can also create the game from there and that's what I'm trying to do yeah well what needs you to do that otherwise you're wasted at that needs you to be pushing forward and creating right yes but uh, as I said it depends on the team like uh, and uh, here it's it's just that uh, you know it's also different rules so you know you don't have 100 million dollars and you can uh, spend it in into the team so it's a different rules here in MLS so and um, I like to play as a center back as well I mean everyone knows that I prefer to play as a number six but um, here in Chicago Fire now in, uh, in this year it's the best for me to play as a centre back and I really enjoy so was the winger the worst one of the three we've <laughs> <laughs> you, already got you ranking something it's only been, yeah, it's only no, been three minutes no, your winger, was, winger was actually nice I, I like to play as a winger and um, but you know what is actually good so wherever I am on the field I feel comfortable because I, I played throughout my years I played every um, position so I feel comfortable I know what to do in, in certain uh, situations and that helps me a lot that's why it, it was really good for me that I could play different positions Obviously as kind of a senior member of this team you're now exerting influence but we wanted to talk to you about some of the players you've played with and those that have shaped your career and influenced your career so that's going to kind of form the main ranking for today so we were just going to throw it to you and then kind of talk through some of those players you start number three for us so go three two one yeah Manuel Neuer uh, he's just an excellent goalkeeper but he's also an excellent uh, field player and uh, he changed a lot the position I think as a goalkeeper completely different style and uh, now you see more or less every club is looking for this kind of goalkeepers and in Germany anyway we have very good goalkeepers but he is with his personality on top he's always a little bit has always a little bit more quality than the others because also when you you know sometimes in training when you look up and you see the goal and you see him inside the goal you're like oh where is the space to hit the ball into the goal you know so um, he changed a lot the position and that's why I would uh, and how did he influence you I guess you've changed positions too right so yes he's he inf- copying Neuer now he, no 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 he influenced a lot our game because you know you know that there's a guy behind you who is playing uh, almost like uh, a defender and also creates the uh, player almost correct correct so you can position yourself differently on the field it feels now quite normal to see that but do you remember the first time you kind of joined up with with Neuer and saw his his style of play it must be quite unnerving at that point when he's trying to pass the ball out because nobody was doing that (laughs) no uh, yes exactly so he was actually playing for Schalke 04 and I could see him like doing things which were unnormal you know um, than the other goalkeepers and but I loved it and uh, I was uh, voting for him and I was talking to the chefs in, uh, in Munich we need to get this guy he's amazing and he will change everything and it's a, and it's also a different you as a team can play a different style of football and you could see that when he was when he came first training session I said to to to, to my other teammates I said oh my god this guy I love to play with him and funny enough, like if you put him as a number six on the field, he can play that position as well. Do you think? Because goalkeepers say they can play outfield. They always <laughs> Edison say. always says he can play centre midfield, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, yeah no, I, I believe so. So yeah. did Neuer, did Manuel Neuer do it in training with you guys? Did he play midfield? Not only in training. I mean, he came out in. I remember we had a World Cup game against Algeria. 2014. Oh, I was going to ask you about Algeria. Yeah. So he came out and. The funny thing is he loves, actually, he's almost waiting for the moments to to come out and show his quality. Mm -hmm. And recently he also made some dribblings against the goalkeeper in, uh, I think it was a quality game uh, for the national team. So 
he changed a lot the game as a goalkeeper and I love that that Algeria game he came out like six or seven times yeah. so aggressively like 40 yards out to the sideline he was tackling players yeah. I know at that point you'd spoke you trained with him and you knew him very well so you, were, you must have been confident but when he's doing it like at that speed mm-hmm. is there not a part of you that starts your heart starts to go a bit faster and think hang on a minute Manuel <laughs> Because the thing is, we know we see him every day, so for us it's normal. Mm. Maybe for the people in a, in, a, in a stadium, it's like for them it's maybe like surprising, but for us it was not. Actually, we expected him to to be there, and uh, but it's just funny to see sometimes how he finds solutions um, and coordinates everything, like with running out very fast and then play the ball in the right moment and overplay uh, two players from the other team, <laughs> which helps you then to attack easier. Mm. In terms of that, that Germany side, I suppose, that there was a massive buy-in core of it. But it must have been weird for the other players who obviously weren't part of that and didn't see that every day to see something like that. And that's where I guess, you know, is it kind of like reassure them it's going to be all right, it's Manuel, we know, we know he's capable of Correct, kind of correct, correct. But a part of that, actually, he's an amazing goalkeeper, you know. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's not only the um, football skills he has, also, like how he um, plays as a, as a goalkeeper, like in I don't know when the cross is coming in, you know, like he's not the guy who stands on the line and is just waiting. He comes out and uh, takes wor- uh, take some work away from the defenders mm-hmm. almost, and uh, and that's why I picked him because he uh, changed a lot the um, way of. Like revolutionised the position basically, didn't he? Correct. Yeah, yeah, we see goalkeepers differently now. So who's uh, who's your number two? Number two, <laughs> it's funny. I mean, it's it's also Oliver Kahn actually. Okay. So it's also a goalkeeper. Did you really want to be a goalkeeper? <laughs> yeah, when you even tell us now? No, no. Is it the only position you haven't played? <laughs> yes, I haven't played goalkeeper. But um, for me, when I came up to the first team in Munich, he was our captain, and I had the chance to sit next to him in the dressing room so I could follow him very closely so I saw how he prepares for the game and also how he worked uh, in the training sessions and after training sessions and everything it was a huge um, desire to be the best he was very very frustrated when he was not the best and or when he made a mistake or something went wrong and this desire to, to win this passion I haven't seen uh, a player who had more than him and uh, so that was great for me to see him as a young player and uh, yeah kind of growing up also Learned for myself yeah. I, I can I sum up Oliver Kahn with one word scary <laughs> he scared me that's good huh? so if you, if, when people made mistakes on the pitch you could see him screaming and shouting at people were you ever on the, the wrong end of that or did you see others he was not no happy for sure it was on, on the other end I, I don't remember now the situation on the field, but I remember that he he just didn't want to lose, you know. And um, when something went wrong, he he was shouting at you, and uh, but he wanted actually that you're getting better. And sometimes it looks like it's a little bit like rush and like rough towards you, but at the end, he always. Um, told me also like what he thinks you know and uh, that was where he um, explained it in a way and that was really good and sometimes also I must say off the field he's a different person than on the field you know but uh, I was very impressed about also like after training session he wanted me to stay uh, 
one hour and and um, take some shots from 30 meters, you know, because I remember the days when the balls were kind of like moving around and it was not easy for goalkeepers and he wanted to save all these balls who had this kind of curves. Mm. You've well, gone on to captain besides yourself in terms of, you know, did you pick up those leadership qualities from him and what kind of lessons did you take from him that you've gone on to, you know, impress upon others, I suppose? Yeah, as well from him. I, I, tried, of, I tried to get some things from each player in a way even if it's a Lucio or Sir Roberto or Sebastian Deisler I don't remember if you know him. I don't know if you remember him but Michael Balag all these players had something which I kind of um, I took a part of those and uh, tried to, to, to use it And uh, but especially Oliver Kahn how he lead the team you know um, how he motivated the team before the games um, it was good to see as a, for, for me as a young player absolutely absolutely yeah, I mean, so that leads us really on to uh, number one. Who, who's led the way for, for you in your career? <laughs> number one, uh, me as a German, I have to say it's the Kaiser, Franz Beckenbauer. Okay, cool. Yeah. Not I mean, a goalkeeper. Yeah, so it's <laughs> not a goalkeeper. So that's <laughs> he moved out of goal, yeah. so we started there. I mean, <laughs> what about him? I mean, there's been so much said about a player of his, his calibre and class, but what about him did you take as apart from everything? <laughs> <laughs> so... Of course, like it was before my days, you know, I didn't see him, watch him on the TV live or something like this. But I heard so many stories, you know, from Karl-Heinz Rummenigge or Uli Hoeneß about Franz Beckenbauer, how he was as a player, as a human being, and also like after his career, what he did and everything. So um, that's impressive, like how one person could change so much. Of course. Also, this kind of great personality did some mistakes in his life, but um, everyone uh, makes make some mistakes in his life. But he's he's the the one who actually um, yeah helped the, the German national team and Bayern Munich the most in my eyes. Is that something that you've appreciated more as you've got older in the game? Appreciate what he's gone through in his own career and continued to thrive at the top level. Yes, definitely. So um, sometimes, you know, if you ask me, I saw the World Cup 1990 was the first World Cup I saw. I'm born 84 or so, but Franz Beckenbauer played before, actually. But 1990, he was actually the, the coach of the German national team when they won the World Cup. So I didn't see him as, an, as, a, as a player, but um, I must say um, that time when he was... A player, and I saw some games on TV or some stories, and they won three times in a row the Champions League, uh, more or less. Um, and as a coach, having this kind of success, and everyone loves him, you know, like if he does a mistake in Germany, no one is really uh, angry of him or yeah. something. So they say, oh, this is France, and this is how he is, and um, that's amazing. Uh, which kind of era he actually? It's crazy to me that dominated. you've played with so many amazing players in your own career, yet the player that you take the most from you didn't actually play with that's crazy mm, yeah uh, <laughs> it's true in a way I mean I, play, I had I, I, I'm glad to say that I played with many um, great players you know and I can give you 10 names probably but um, I'm I'm not this kind of player who just looks at the quality of how he plays on the field I'm also looking at things like off the field and how players or people behave and how they represent themselves as well. I think it's like when people throw around the term 
legend in, in football. Now we hear the word legend too easily, probably, but I guess that basically sums up what Beckenbauer probably was to you and really is in the game. That's correct. Uh, I feel the same like you. Um, the word legend is bandied around. Correct. Um, but for me, there are not so many legends in this um, sport, you know. So also in other sports, they're like. Four or five, you know, but not uh, 100. So, and for me, he's one of of the big, big legends in in, in football. So this has come around quite nicely because now that you've moved back towards mm. centre back <laughs> and playing as a sweeper, <laughs> yeah. and Beckenbauer is heralded as one of the greatest, and people right. good ball playing centre backs are called the next Beckenbauer. <laughs> You're emulating your hero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you? You're the next Beckenbauer. Yeah, <laughs> I wish, but uh, we'll have an Adidas an Adidas line. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> Schweinsteiger all around. Exactly, exactly. But you've, en- you've ended up emulating him at the end of your career. Yes, somehow it's it's true. And also, uh, I remember actually I talked once with him. It was, I don't know which year it was, maybe 2012 or something. And he, and we talked about it on a plane like and asked him, where actually did you enjoy most playing football? And you know what his answer was? Wing. <laughs> <laughs> no, like uh, he enjoyed the most playing in uh, in America in New York. And um, he played for Cosmos, yeah. and um, and he played there with Pelé, and he enjoyed there. He had the best time as a soccer player, football player there. And now I ended up also in MLS, and uh, yeah, kind of funny. History repeats itself. Yes, I would not compare myself with him, but because he also, you know, he he won the World Cup as a coach. That's to come. You can That's still to come. That's to come. <laughs> <laughs> You've got no, time. Give, You've got yeah, time. give him time. Give yeah, him time. Yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose he is a Bayern legend, and you've just taught us that Bayern means Bavaria. In, 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 so, so you know, this moves us quite nicely on to something close to your heart. Yeah, in keeping with the with the ranking thing, we wanted to talk a little bit about Bavaria and maybe three things that that you know mean the most to you or, or are teach us basically. Teach us oh, about okay. Bavaria. Teach us basically. about Bavaria. Quick lesson <laughs> and oh. things you miss. Basically. <laughs> yes, you're right. Um, things about Bavaria. I would first say um, if you come, if you visit Bavaria, let's say Munich. You need to have the white. You need to eat the white sausage with sweet scent and maybe beer on the side. That's what you have to do. Um, what is that? Best food there? Your favorite? Not my favorite, but one of my favorites. I would say. Um, Did you say there was a time you have to eat at a certain time? It's correct, tradition. correct. It's um, between ten thirty and twelve. Uh, that's a really I don't know why, why it is, but uh, that's the tradition in, in uh, Bavaria. Do they only serve it then? Can you get it elsewhere? <laughs> you can get it later on, but you... I'd People give you funny looks. <laughs> exactly. So when you ask... It's like drinking a beer at 8 a.m. <laughs> exactly, correct. So if you ask for white sausage at 6 p.m., you just, they just you look get at their watch and go... <laughs> exactly. Come, so come back tomorrow. Correct, correct. And what else do you miss, I suppose? Um, I miss the mountains... The nature over there, beautiful lakes, and also the accent. So when the people in Bavaria speak to each other, the people from Hamburg um, struggle to understand, <laughs> which is actually good because I remember some funny situations on uh, on the field. So when we had, a, let's say, a, a corner kick, um, and Thomas Müller and I, we were in a box, we talked to each other in Bavarian. So the other team of Hamburg, or they didn't understand you at all. <laughs> so when I said to him, 
I don't know, I'm going to far post, you're going to uh, somewhere else, you know. They didn't understand, so that was actually kind of advantage. Bonus, yeah. Yes. Bonus. That's, That's amazing. We wanted to just quickly talk, you, we've mentioned this dessert, this, uh, <laughs> and we, we've heard about this, yes. uh, and we wanted you to expand, I guess. Yeah, so I was actually skiing also. I grew up with skiing. Uh, when I was two years, I started skiing, and there you get a great, great food. It's called Kaiserschmann with applesauce <laughs> I would translate it like that and it's actually a thick pancake which you cut and then you put the applesauce on top it's warm and um, that's what you get in you know when you go skiing on and you sit exactly you sit on a slope and um, that's a great food I always so when we had like two runs the first run uh, and then after the first run we straight went into one of these houses restaurants and we ordered the Kaiserschmann and then and then you stayed there for the rest of the time and then and then we won the race in the second run (laughs) so which time window are you allowed this (laughs) 8 till 10 no this one you could more or less throughout the day you can order it and everyone is fine with that (laughs) we're okay we just bank that one for (laughs) everything well Bastian thank you so much for your time today it's been an absolute honour and a complete pleasure to have you on the podcast and to have you as part of the rank squad so thank you so much thank Thank you you so much if you want to learn one word in Bavarian which says goodbye it's like servus 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 Welcome back to BR Football Ranks. It is roulette time. Unfortunately, we weren't able to get the roulette. I tried to bring it on as hand luggage on the airline, and the roulette wheel was not an, an undersized. Huge, fair, it didn't it? fit in the in it's the like, compartment, so we've actually lost the roulette wheel. The roulette it's gone. Five uh, foot we'll have to thick. get another one. <laughs> we, so that's it. So instead, we're doing a lucky dip. This is our lucky Chicago fire hat. Where, which has been kindly donated to us by the guys at Chicago Fire, where we are. Can we keep it? I don't know, probably not. Um, gonna, inside are some questions, there. and Dean is going to pull out the first so it's like one. It's a lucky dip. It's a lucky dip, lucky yeah. Dip. Pull out the first All one. All right, let's Dean. see what question I get. Should MLS style shootouts be reintroduced? I mean, the answer is yes, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for anyone that obviously doesn't know this, like. <laughs> They're the best thing ever. Yes, bring it back, because penalties are boring unless you're doing like a Pogba run up. So. I'm all over it, cause especially in five-a-side. Because when we play five-a-side, like Jack will remember the five-a-side last week we played and I scored a penalty against him because you just, you just can't reach it, can you? Yeah, it's impossible. When I stick exactly him in those impossible. corners like that, he just can't get near I got him. a strong hand, <laughs> I got a strong hand to it as well. I was fuming. At least oh. if I had to run from the halfway line, he'd have half a chance that I was going to bottle it as I got there. Um, More so. than half a chance, I think, pal. It was a strong hand. I'll yeah. give you that. I'll give you I think upset. introduce it in the Carabao Cup. Yeah, why not? That seems to like be the. I like that kind of. Let's just put a weird rule change in the Carabao Cup and keep it. This would be my rule change. This is a great one yeah. to introduce. And no, yeah, no extra time, just MLS star shootouts instead. This is just so much more nuanced, isn't it? I mean, I've seen a billion penalties at the moment, or by now, and this. The fact that you can go to go left, go right, you can dummy, you can fake, you can, you can kind of interpret it and go with it. so much more variety. It's just it's more fun. So isn't much it? better to watch. It's much more fun. Yeah, I think I actually want to see them. They'll take this further, and at the end of every season, you'll go to like a huge arena, like you would go to a concert, and all the players have to do individual skills against each other. This will be one of them. They'll duel for headers. There'll be all sorts of things. It's like, like the NBA, like the match. But yeah. for football, it's just footballers yeah. doing skills. It's, yeah. all, it's, all it's, like star, it's all Star Weekend, isn't it? All Star Weekend, all star weekend for yeah. football. Combined with the NFL that draft. That ninja okay. program. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hang it's on, like, yeah. you've changed it again. Yeah, we're completely changing things up now. <laughs> Get them on the like Crystal Maze, all of a sudden. Right. Forget the football. Right, forget the football completely. Right, let's take another question.
question out of this hat. Which signing has really caught your eye this summer? Nice and broad. Nice broad one. Uh, do you want to start, Dean? I would go. I'm not going to go for an obvious one. It's boring. So I like Maxi Gomez to Valencia. Uh, Valencia had a great season. Um, had a chance at winning the Europa League. Didn't quite make it to the final. Uh, but they Champions League now. In the Champions League, they signed Celestin in goal, and now they've got a top top striker. In Maxi Gomez, West Ham really wanted to sign him as well and was throwing money in his direction, but he really wanted to listen out for this one. I think he ideally wanted to stay in Spain, probably yeah. more suited to the game. And he's such a good signing. I think that he'll score bundles, to be honest. And Valencia have been crying out for a new striker, to be honest. They miss so many chances. They Poor do. old they Santi Mina. So, they've got like five. <laughs> yeah. Well, Santi Mina the other way. Yeah, has gone the other way as part of this. But he's gone home. Yeah, and it's a little also, present. Yeah, it's part be of the right. deal. I love that Valencia had like legitimately like six strikers last season, and none, none of them could none score none goals. Could they got him really Rodrigo really, was good. They got him a really good deal as well because they paid less fees, paid like fifteen million euros or something, and threw in a couple of players as part of it. Got what win, win, yeah. win, win. Swap deal season. Swap deal season. What's uh, won it for you, Sam? What's you, are you keeping an eye on? So already me- um, already mentioned Musa Diaby to yeah. to Leverkusen, which is an amazing deal for me. Um, and big money, I love Rodri to Man City. I think it's amazing. And then for a third one, hey, I've just picked three. One that at the time of recording is looks like it's going to happen. Um, and I presume that once we listen to this, or once you're listening to this, this will have gone through. Sebastian Allaire to West Ham. For like a lot of money, a 40, lot of money. 45 million. Is a lot of money. But strikers cost a lot of money, and he's really, really good. West Ham have. They, they, they remember the whole like summer where they were like, oh, we're going to try and get Batshuayi and Icardi. Well, when and they missed out on Gomez, we were like, okay, where does this end up? Are they yeah, get well, that's, Andy- such a, that's such a West Ham move, yeah, just missing do. their main Andy target. Carroll's coming back, just wait for it. Yeah, they, but this time they've really, they've, brought, well, they've, they've released Andy Carroll. They're free of Andy Carroll. He's back training with him. And they've picked, oh, okay. <laughs> You're never quite free of Andy no Carroll. No one's ever free of Andy rule. Carroll. But Sebastian Allaire is a fantastic target man. I mean, he was Luka Jovic's partner for Frankfurt last season, and we've spoken enough about Jovic. Look, Poor they, old Frankfurt. They've, they've been pr- ripped apart. Yeah, I mean, yeah. to be Price fair, pay for success. <laughs> I mean, they've they've raked in a hundred million euros this summer. You're with, not going to replace that strike force. Though. I mean, you're going to have to you're going to have to try. They bought, uh, they bought Jovic. <laughs> <laughs> they've just added a year the in new the middle one. of it. The yeah, new one. They've yeah. just added some letters. Uh, Pellegrini loves a big striker. He does. He used Jeco well at Man City. He tried to use Bonnie in the same way. He knows exactly what he wants. He tried to get Maxi Gomez, obviously, who went to Celta instead. He's landed on Alaire. He is the exact type of striker who will thrive. Under Pellegrini and Ale has all the hallmarks of a Premier League footballer and a Premier League striker. One thing to say, fantasy players, West Ham attacking midfielders. They yeah, this ba- is what I was about to say. Those boys are going to yeah. absolutely have a field day working they, off Ale. They are going to bounce off Ale, take one twos in, and, and start curling balls. You've got Four Nails and Felipe Anderson there who are going to be working off a big pivot and then and then finishing Yarmolenko Lanzini it's going to be good there's a lot of players in yeah, that yeah, lineup yeah. that he has to cram in Absolutely. so I'm interested to see what he does there um, I want to add to this Hector Herrera at Atletico Madrid this just makes all of the sense to me it I does. loved Hector Herrera at Porto I think he's kind of capable of everything he does a good defensive job he has thunderbolts in his locker but mostly it's his like work rate yeah. and Simeone loves a work rate doesn't he but I just think this is like one of those made in heaven transfers yeah. Simeone will love him Herrera will love playing under Simeone and I think that well look Atletico have a lot of questions to, to answer this summer you know will mainly basically will Shao Felix be able to live up to the reputation and, and the kind of trademark I guess of just mm. being that higher player in terms of price but 
this is where I, I think they will survive. I, I think the Herrera in that middle, adding to an already formidable midfield four, is just makes all of the sense. He'll fit in really nicely there. Marcus Lorente as well next to him. Mm. Thomas. They've, they they Saul, will run and run Poke. and run and run some There's more. There's so much talent in that midfield that João Felix will have at least a little bit of the pressure off him because he, he just knows. Have to do anything. He just knows that those five are just going to be sitting there going, no, you're not coming through. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to do So that one Sweet. is it for me. Right, Sam. It's a nonsense siren. Oh, did that come through hand luggage? Or did yeah, that got to... through. I got the nonsense got siren through hand luggage. Yeah. yeah. That's so, handy. It's <laughs> I useful. couldn't have gone without that. Yeah, no, I just I put it in my pocket. It just sort of slipped through. <laughs> so uh, that was good. Right, nice. Sam, what have you got for us in nonsense this week? So uh, for those that don't know, we flew into Chicago on Monday and to try and defeat the jet lag uh, we went to the Cubs game we did yep, we went are. down to the ball game yeah so we went to Wrigley Field and for those of you that also have been listening for more than a few weeks you'll all know that I think baseball is terrible you slated it you yeah, absolutely I slated it, it. I, I listed it as my number one most overrated sport uh, <laughs> and I hate I genuinely don't like it so I went to a baseball game yeah. we took Sam to the baseball and saw it and filmed his reactions we were like we need to win this man over yeah. take somewhere cool. anyway I've taken in some culture uh, at an iconic stadium yeah. and I thought if anything can win me over it'd be this one right yeah. well it didn't but but <laughs> I had a good time and <laughs> a good I time. actually yeah. Yeah, I've, I've taken three things from baseball that I think football could benefit from. Right. Okay. Um, so at number three is chatting. <laughs> <laughs> we had some nice chats, didn't we? Yeah, we chatted. To we everyone. actually had some really, really nice conversations some friends. while the game was going on. Yeah. We yeah. sat, we sat in the bleachers. Um, Bleacher got, in the bleachers. Got, it was fitting. It was, and we got to know everyone around us. Um, all, all like, le- left, right, up, and down. Everyone, we were those every, people. We right? were, yeah. Everyone I think we were just quite we annoying, were. and people were just like, if we talk to them, they'll stop trying to sing well, Cubs Army. Yeah, uh, we kept everyone. trying to start football style <laughs> chants. They're just putting Cubs into it, like shouting Cubs Army. Yeah. And oh, when the Cubs, oh, when go, the Cubs go marching in, didn't go down very well. But it was fun. We had a good time. They didn't really latch on, did no. they? But like, people did but talk we, to but us. We, but we did. Yeah, anyway, look, I'm not... I think that was, they were like, if we talked to them, maybe they would <laughs> shut, shut up. up. <laughs> anyway, had some lovely chats. And I'm thinking we need to chat more in football. Yeah. People don't chat anymore. No. Well, the, the problem is, is you, don't, you don't really, like, you know... a chance. Yeah. Well, you do this season, because VAR's been introduced, <laughs> and you're going to have loads of chances to have a chat with the people around you. Yeah, So true. maybe VAR is going to be a good thing. So you, when, when the VAR is in action, and they're, re- and they're reviewing it and replaying it, don't look at the screen. Don't, don't worry about that. Don't watch the same replay. Turn to your neighbour. Turn to your right. And ask them what podcast they're listening to <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> and introduce, introduce yourself. Introduce them to this. Shout Cubs Army. Yeah, and see, see how that goes down. <laughs> so that's number three. Right. Chat more. Okay. Number two, uh, I've never seen this at a football stadium. Not even Tottenham's brand new stadium. They had touchscreen food and drink orders. So like the terminals you get at McDonald's, yep. where you just tap it, yep. Five beers, whatever. Here's the total. You pay it. You get the receipt out, and you go and you collect it. Brilliant. I'm not saying replace all the humans and remove all the jobs, but like bring some of some machinery in. It still has to be someone to make the things. Get a few. Like, it's not have to make the beers. I, th- I think. I think. Yeah, but you could you could probably skim down a little bit look we're not doing that we're not removing people from jobs but it does take a long time to queue up at half time to get your drinks doesn't it so do you reckon this, this was, this was, was easy? swift it was the only thing that held it up is that the two the two guys that actually served the drinks were Irish and Jack wouldn't stop talking to them about he's from Ireland too oh he's so not it, from it, Ireland so it actually took about double the length but if you take out the bit where he just chatted to people for ages but then again they really were well embrace, nice lads really embracing really our first chatting element yeah, yeah, yeah. Really embrace you just asked chatting yeah exactly and now you're t- 
telling me off for chatting to people. Wrong area. <laughs> yeah. Chat in the stands, not downstairs. Chat in the stands. Not at the bar. Okay, yeah. what's number one Much then? What did you learn most and what do we need to take into football? Um, so, bats- batsmen get walk-on music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do. This that's, is big. That's cool. Okay. So, so imagine, it would take ages with it, 22 players, though, wouldn't it? So, yeah, true. <laughs> oh, no, you only do it with the home team. Really only do it the home team. Well, you could, yeah, you probably only do the home team. And there's an element of NFL to this as well, where they bring out each player out one by one, and it's all a bit more theatrical. But like, imagine if, like, you know how before a football game, particularly at the cottage, you guys will be used to it. That kind of annoying track plays for like eight minutes. What do you mean that kind that of annoying track? Annoying the track, the track from the end of Moulin Rouge. That one. Yeah, yeah, Bolero. It's so absolute cold classic. That one. So sometimes, yeah, revved up for. It starts well slow and then it gets well fast and everyone like proper going for it. <laughs> so at, so, at yeah. so many grounds, they waste so much time with like prolonged introductions and stuff. When, when Tottenham at White Hart Lane used to play the Star Wars music for like six minutes mm. like that. So replace all of that, that was quite with, lame, with just your like introducing our midfield general Bastian Schweinsteiger and then they play Ramstein out the speakers for 10 seconds bang we're in next one imagine substitutes Harry Kane returns from a long injury and they play Kane's introduction music from wrestling that really sinister <laughs> organ style tune and he's coming off the bed imagine how much suspense that would that would build yeah. that would be amazing okay. yeah no I think that's quite fun I do I do like let's that let's introduce it in the Carabao what, what's your yeah yeah here we are another Carabao Cup rule change what would your walk on song be Sam that's the important question yeah. um, I would go with Tenacious D Wonderboy <laughs> which goes Wonderboy what is the secret of your powers <laughs> and can you think the, the defence thinking hang on a minute he's got powers I don't think they would he's got powers think, like, they'd they look think at you and be like, like this lad's got no powers and they'd, also, they'd also be like this bloke picked Tenacious D as his walk-on so he's a moron oh, like, no. <laughs> they'd be wondering they'd be thinking yeah they'd be wondering about your mental health I'll I'll be going to Oasis head. all day long you're going to Oasis all what day. song Probably you've got to make an impact you've got, to be, you've got to try and yeah slide away Slide away. Mm. You're gonna hack people. Just the music at the start. I think I'd have Zadok the priest, like just really freak people out by playing like aggressive choral music. <laughs> like that is just like one of those things. You're like out of nowhere. Suddenly there's you know these there's like a choir everywhere, and it's like you know we've really started. Also, it's kind of like the Champions League music. So obviously that's based on Zadok the priest. So they'd be like, oh, this guy's obviously an elite caliber player. They probably just think they played the wrong song by accident. <laughs> Anyway, this was nonsense. <laughs> this was fully nonsense, and uh, we're glad that we've got back to proper nonsense in the nonsense rankings this week. Thank you very Walk on much, songs Sam. Are the future of Walk on songs of the future? That's what we've learned today. Well, that is us all wrapped up for this week, and all that's left for me to do is say thank you so much for listening. A special, massive thanks to Bastian Schweinsteiger for joining us, joining the Rank Squad. We're hoping that he makes this move permanent and joins Rank Squad FC. You know, as, as next season, I think we'll have him every week on. Yeah, it. he's gonna. Yeah, he's gonna be our midfield general. As, we are as a goalkeeper away from an unbelievable five aside also like yeah exactly he can play Ramstein every time he comes on the podcast for 10 seconds just before he goes so that's good uh, thank you also to Chicago Fire for letting us record here and for making that interview happen it's been really fun down here at the Seat Geek and we're excited to see them later in the week we'll be back sooner than you think we have a special bonus pod dropping later in the week from our travels so keep an eye and an ear out for that to Dean Jones thank you Cheers, to Sam Tide thank you very much thank you I've been Jack Collins we hope that you have enjoyed enjoyed today's episode if you are a first time listener or you're listening on the web get over to itunes or spotify or whichever podcast or you like and click subscribe and we'd also love your ratings and reviews get the three of us on instagram or twitter loads of content from our travels on all of those channels and if you haven't already make sure you've downloaded the br app please keep sharing the pod please keep telling your friends the rank score keeps growing so from chicago take care